When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Merry Christmas. I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And we are here with the cutest one, and that is co-host of Not Another True Crime and Virtual Reality Podcast and the eyes and mouth behind the Instagram (laughs) account, Cashmere Danny. Hey, Danny. Hi. Oh, my God. I didn't know I was going to be the cutest one. I won't fight it because I'm, like, defeated in December, so I'll take any compliment I can get, (laughs) even if it's scripted. We were just talking before we started recording, and you gave a genius idea because we are all like just dragging our asses to the finish line it is almost here it has almost arrived the end of this shit show 2022 and you told me because i said (laughs) i have a martini and cough drops next to me you said just plop those in like olives and honestly i'm about to do it when wendy williams all started putting cough drops in her tea Mm. i always do that now so i feel it probably works for martinis because tea's in that so there's something there (laughs) if you crossfade i'm sorry (laughs) and chelsea just said she was gonna do it so i will be watching closely and at the end of the episode i'll call her out if she doesn't i mean patreon.com slash i am the cute one right at the top so patreon cuties you'll know if i'm lying or not oh my god yes also anybody listening join the patreon Thank you. Oh, of course. That's why you're the cutest one. It was scripted before, but now I mean it. (laughs) So if you are just tuning in, this week we are recapping while you were sleeping. Chelsea already sent me evil texts about it, so God knows what this episode is going to be. Just right. Factual texts, I would call them. I'm excited to hear about that. So the movie premiered April 21st, 1995, and I'm not quite sure why the fuck this came out in April. We've had scary movies before that did not come out in October, which is fine. Like, you can be scared any time of the year. But I think... I mean, God knows we never do research, but I think this is the first Christmas movie that did not come out in December that we've been anywhere near. Or at least in the season. That's the thing about Christmas is like there's a general area, there's a chunk of the calendar where like you can get away with it. I think from like end of October Mm -hmm. to February, Mm -hmm. you can have a Christmas movie. April, you're not even trying. (laughs) Not even trying a little bit. That's even when all the albums come out like in October so people know it's there and then it builds up. But I wonder because this is like summer blockbuster. Like did they think Sandra Bullock is more important than Christmas? Which Uh, like sometimes I agree with. I I know. But I don't know if marketing would agree with that, but maybe there was just no marketing department for this. Maybe, but maybe I should switch out Baby Jesus in my nativity set with a little Sandra Bullock doll. Where I'm going to get that, I'm not sure. (laughs) Oh, someone's Etsy, I'm sure. Get that guy from Coyote Ugly with all the cutouts. Just ask him where his source is, his (laughs) supplier. So I guess I'll set the scene for April 21st, 1995. This is How We Do It by Montel Jordan was the number one song in the U.S. And then this movie, While You Were Sleeping, was top of the box office, followed by Bad Boys and a Goofy movie. So, wow, things happening in 
pop culture. Simpler times. Wow. <laughs> Don't get ahead of yourself. We will get to a dark moment in just two sentences. Before oh, we get to that dark moment, can I just say recently I rewatched uh. a Goofy movie with my daughters and I started really resonating with Goofy and that's how I knew that I'm an old fuck now because I was like this motherfucker this little whippersnapper like his dad's just trying to love him let him love you that's some realness and also that should be a thing that therapists say to everybody just let them love you (laughs) (laughs) Thomas Doherty from Disney's Descendants and also the Gossip Girl reboot was born on April 21st 1995 and now the dark fact that I promise Timothy McVeigh was arrested and charged for the Oklahoma City bombing. So it was just a busy day. (laughs) Justice was served. (laughs) While you were sleeping. (laughs) And now this has nothing to do with anything I just brought up, but I do think that While You Were Sleeping is a quintessential rom-com. And Mm. I would like to discuss, before we get into like the facts and the plot of this movie, why are rom-coms not good anymore? I know. People just don't want to have fun anymore. And it makes me sad. I think it's like they don't realize, like the A-listers don't know how to just get back into it. And I also think what makes a rom-com is the stars in it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And where are the new, who, who? Right. Who? Who? who what? Where? When? <laughs> Thank who? you. I got to see Lily Reinhardt like be like silly. I, I don't watch Riverdale, but I just know that she's popular on that. And I'm like, sh- I'm not going to watch her in a romantic comedy. I agree. I feel like Netflix keeps trying. Netflix and other streaming apps keep mm. trying to do like CW actresses or like streaming yeah. actresses. But rom coms used to be like top tier celebrities. Like Florence Pooh, give me her yes. then I would go watch. Yeah, I agree with everything mm-hmm. that you just said. I'm gonna yes and that portion. Uh-huh. This is just gonna segue into us fighting for the next fifty minutes, Donnie. Uh-huh. Oh Lord, this is not a rom com. Uh-huh. This is not a rom-com. This was nearly two hours of torture. (laughs) This was an entire movie enabling a deeply unwell woman. This was a psychological thriller. This was a call for help. (laughs) You know, it was, I will say, and I think, I don't know if Elijah Schlesinger was the first person to say this term for a movie, but it was a rom-con, a romantic con. (laughs) And I was like, this is truly in that umbrella. Because that's, I was like, oh, this is like, there's some criminal activity going on here. There is, but still can't we root for her? We can do both. Mm. Like, want her in jail and to find love. Mm. Okay, so this was my first time seeing this movie, so you know my plight. Whenever I go into a movie blind, I don't know what to expect, and therefore I always assume it's about witches. Okay, practical magic, okay. Yep, that's my baseline. Like, it's always going to be about witches. So that (laughs) opening scene with her dad talking about her future and then the globe that their mom gave him, I was like, the globe is magic. She's a witch. She's going to manifest her destiny. Because whenever I told anybody we were covering this, Everyone like said some version of, oh, that movie's wild. So I was expecting magic. But then as I was watching, in my mind, I was creating like way more interesting plot points and twists. Like M. Night Shyamalan, who hire me? I'm available. I thought that like maybe the family wasn't real, a la Ocean's Eleven. They were criminals. They don't actually know Peter, and they're conning her. Or like they pushed him. Like they were there to steal the fortune as well. I thought that Jack was trying to get out of the family business. Maybe it was like mob ties. I was really going places, and I think that that may have ultimately contributed to the letdown when it was like, oh no, it's just a deeply unwell, (laughs) single white female stalker woman 
fucking brothers. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and also has no care for anything. It's like, why are you taking a tree through a window, breaking window? I'm like, what the fuck? Aren't you educated? Like, what? <laughs> and it wasn't her first time. The landlord no. or whatever is like, you've done it again, Lucy. Yeah, it's like, come on. Yeah, so that brings into the no respect for people's boundaries or space or laws <laughs> and rules. So, yeah, the rom-com. Yes. I appreciate knowing that term now because, yes, this is not a rom-com, Donnie. And, you know, you can give me that sourpuss look all you want, but I'm standing my ground this episode. This is a stand your ground state, and I got Ooh. my pistols So ready. for those of you unfortunate enough to only listen to this, you can see me give Chelsea, I hope you burn an eternal hell eyes for this episode mm-hmm. on our Patreon. As I give him finger guns. <laughs> that did happen. It did. That did happen. <laughs> Confirmed. The cough drop is dissolving into the martini. <laughs> I so you can head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one. So now let's get into some background and trivia about this movie. It was written by Daniel G. Sullivan and Frederick Lebeau, who Chelsea will be happy. They wrote nothing else after this. No. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I really don't know why. I think this is a wonderful film. And then I even like, I thought maybe IMDb didn't know what they were talking about. I researched it. And then when I did, there was an article at the time that was like, get ready, Hollywood. Daniel G. Sullivan and Frederick Lebeau are about to blow up. Because this movie, you'll find out numbers in a second, but the movie did very well. So for them to yeah. not do literally, not even an episode of like Wish bone later on. <laughs> Nothing. Wow. What happened? I don't What's know. What's the story? Wishbone. Did they do anything before this? Or were no. they truly one hit one wonders? Hit wonder. Can I say they might be the smartest people. They're like, this is enough for us to live on. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. If I could just do one thing and then retire, I could be so lucky. Yeah. yeah. I think I found my new business model. Unfortunately, we've done about 80 episodes of this podcast. We'll have to delete it from all of the internet when you do make it big so that you can live by this model because people will be going back in your Rolodex like, oh, Jesus Christ, a lot of stinkers before he made it big. Listen, not all stories are the same. I Am The Cute One is now looking for sponsors. If you have a business you'd like to promote, email Podcast at gmail.com to inquire about rates and packages. It was directed by John Turtletob. I don't know if that's pronounced correctly, but it is now. And he directed Three Ninjas, Cool Runnings, and National Treasure. So a little bit of a different (laughs) journey than Daniel and Frederick. Yeah, but he's been booking it. The budget for this movie, it cost $17 million to make, and it made $182 million worldwide. Exactly. Yeah. I know. They were in Cabo by June, living their best goddamn life. And they're like, oh, cell phones are going to be invented? I'm good. (laughs) They never picked up a typewriter again. There was only one tagline for this movie. A story about love at second sight. You're like, a story I love at Second City because it's in (laughs) Chicago. It's like, (laughs) they just started an improv team together. Yeah, Amy Poehler pops in and is like, yes, and. (laughs) That would also be a fun place. Yeah, love it. A little casting stuff before we get into which character we identify as. Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore were originally in negotiations (gasps) for the leads. Yeah, that would have been fun. And then also, these people just auditioned and were not in negotiations, but Nicole Kidman, Matthew McConaughey, Russell Crowe, and Dylan McDermott. Oh, wow. Good people. I know. But ultimately, it was Sandy and... 
The dad from Casper that won out. And also <laughs> Sandy from OC. Yes. <laughs> Those eyebrows. Can I? Yeah. You can. Mm-hmm. It does it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to shit on Lucy as a character and a person for the next, you know, however many minutes we record. But I do understand, like, wanting to marry those eyebrows and, like, perhaps professing your love to Sandy Cohen in a coma. I get it. Oh, a hundred percent. And then when she jumped on him in the train, I thought she was going to start kissing him. <laughs> Just roll him over. He, like, opens his eyes. It's like... She's like, it's enchanted, right? Yeah. It brought you back to life. <laughs> I read about it once. Every Disney movie. <laughs> so what character, if any, if not, that's fine too, do you identify as? I am 138% a Lucy. Are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a crazy oh, bitch. That's Do you pine yeah. for people? Okay. Okay. I pine for people. I'm not above lying to people to fall in love with me. I might lie to their full families. I am nuts. Would you dip a cookie in your cat's milk? <laughs> no, but that's a cat issue, not a loose. Donnie issue. famously hates his yeah, cat. I hate my oh, cat. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> I think I am the the daughter. I forget her name, but I like that she just started shit by like getting a free ride on the uh-huh. subway and then was like, guys, she's pregnant. <laughs> and like not having any facts for it. I kind of respected that. And she just kind of watched yeah. from a distance. Yes, yeah. and only because her friend heard it. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Love a shit starter. So aligned with that, Danny, you and I are going to get along very well because, again, I hate every single person in this movie, <laughs> but if I had to pick somebody, I'm Saul. Mm. I oh. love that he's kind of the worst. Mm. He's kind of the worst. <laughs> you know, game recognized game. I am a Gemini. I know myself. <laughs> I get it. And I love that, like, his whole personality is just fanning the flames of family drama and inserting himself into the mess for sport he 110 percent makes everything worse and i think he's kind of like relishing in it and you know oh. what been there done that love it i am Saul. better call Saul, honey and because it is great too because he just makes mess he's like oh yeah this isn't my fam i'm the godfather i just peace out he's right. chain smoking outside he's like oh shit y'all are in spirals yeah danny we're gonna give you one minute on the clock to give us the best synopsis you can okay time starts now Okay, it's a story of a scamming con woman who has no regard for human decency or, like, laws and is scorned by the reality that life gave her and is trying to have a come up. And I respect a come up and does whatever she can to get to the finish line that she wants to get her out of that apartment, out of her reality, and on a fucking first class ticket to Florence, Italy, with a passport that I don't think is renewed. And she, like, burns every bridge and... Wins in the end. It is Anna Delvey before Y2K. (laughs) That was wonderful. I'd like to reiterate that Donnie self-professed that he is this character. Absolutely. And let me tell you something. When I watched Inventing Anna, I was mad that her story is so public now because nobody can ever do that again now. (laughs) Rich people, despite being rich, are dumb. So I think you just have to do like a French accent or something. Okay, I'll work on some accents. Yeah. Crikey! <laughs> Maybe. That's not oh. French. Someone would pay you to get away from them, <laughs> which could work in your favor. <laughs> so, anyway, on to this movie. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. 
As a young girl, Lucy's father taught her two things in life. Life doesn't always turn out how you expect, and that he fell in love with her mother because she gave him the world. So when old Caterpillar eyes himself, Sandy Cohen, gives her, <laughs> not the world, but a dollar fifty to buy a train ticket on his commute every day, she falls in love. And it doesn't take long before we realize, like our leading lady of the holiday last week, Lucy is pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> pathetic. You already touched on dipping an Oreo in cat milk, but <laughs> I don't even think that was her lowest point. No, like she literally outgrew her bangs just to go like <laughs> on them. Like she just kept on blowing them. And I'm like, girl, it's like, I know times are tough. Like you can get a scrunchie and like a haircut. She doesn't try to win. Yeah. yeah it's like, where are your friends? Where are the people that you're close to? It's like the hot dog guy doesn't even want to remember your order. She's this is one of the most pathetic characters we've ever seen and any person who talks to her any person that gives her like any semblance of like a conversation immediately in love with and you have to wonder like is there some sort of like weird altar at her home of all of these like subway patrons like i worry i worry for the people she comes into contact with wait it is a scary job to have someone like because she knows when people get on get off and she can just follow them around She's keeping track of schedules. She knows that Sandy Cohen's coming between, you know, 8 and 8.15. She's keeping track. That means she knows when they're not home as well. (gasps) I know. I do like that you brought up the hot dog guy because I feel like a hot dog cart, they see like thousands of people a day. And she's like, muster. I'm like, do you have a back and forth? What's his name? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was a very weird thing to be like, I'm a regular here because it's not like your local coffee shop. So that also (laughs) made me annoyed at her. I'm like, oh, so you're entitled. Yeah. And you think the world revolves around you because you have this globe from the fucking 70s. Right. And you think that you should be remembered for your mustard order. Yeah. It's like if you're coming up there and you're like, the usual whipped cream on my hot dog, that's memorable. They will remember your usual. But like, just mustard. Okay, fine. You and 89,000 people I served today, bitch. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, she is awful. And even her boss, like, refers to her as the one without family. Like, (laughs) everybody around her knows She's a sad sack. It's also like he was doing her a favor having her work Christmas because it was like that or like you literally dunk Oreos into your milk. Like get overtime. I agree. (laughs) And then you can actually make friends at work because they would be thankful that they got to spend time with family they have and you do not. That's actually a smart idea. Like thank you, Lucy, for taking one for the team. I will say though, her tree decorating vibe is the moment that gray sweater, I always try to decorate every year in a gray sweater with no panties on. I mean, only panties on. (laughs) Just panties (laughs) and a gray sweater. Because if you are going to be a lonely sad sack, this is the way to do it. It was cute. It was it was a cute and I like the tinsel. It's such a fucking mess. Yeah. And I'm like, you have a cat and you're putting tinsel everywhere. I feel like that's a stupid idea. But it was that I will give her that. It did make me go like, oh, this is Christmas. I have my tree, which is like it's a vibe. It has like golden and red is the theme. Um, I like to like make it all cohesive. Kids really just fuck up everything about your life. Love them dearly. I have come to the conclusion like one day my girls might listen to this and I want you to know love you girls. This is my safe space in the basement to talk shit about you. Love you. I, I thought you were going to say I've come to the conclusion I do love them and I'm like oh how old are they? Like how many years did no, that take? I've always loved them deeply but my god what a mess. But I gave them their own little tiny tree this year for them to put any ornaments they make. My one daughter loves doing art projects. She's been making ornaments like it's so cute but i'm like that's for you 
but nothing is sacred in your life when you're a mom. So my oh. beautiful red and gold tree is now just full of child's art. So, you know, so cute. I know one day I'll look back lovingly. It but ain't today. Not next week either. <laughs> They're your Joe Jr. or whatever his name is. Jesus yeah. Christ, that motherfucker. <laughs> How dare you? They are not him. That's just Satan. <laughs> And I don't know, maybe it's just because I have no self-love, but there is something about Joe Jr. I think he'd be good and bad. Stop (laughs) it. He is absolutely not good and bad. No. No, not at all? No. I think there's something sexy about a selfish lover. (laughs) Oh, God. There's a lot to unpack in that Yeah, But that's also probably why Lucy was attracted to the guy who was so unavailable she didn't even know his name. Right. So that makes sense. he's in a coma, a literal coma. (laughs) All right. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. In a page out of Lucy's father's book, we learn life, or this movie, doesn't turn out how you expect, because when the object of Lucy's affection gets mugged and left on the train tracks on Christmas morning, she risks her life to save his. Now, I'm going to put a pin in the plot for one second, because I, maybe I'm just very naive, but I am afraid of everything in this world. When my husband leaves to go on comedy tours, I, like, move the dresser in front of my bedroom door so nobody can come in while I'm asleep. I'm truly afraid of everything. But I feel like there's a safe sense of security on Christmas. I would think you wouldn't be mugged mm. on Christmas. It's interesting to say, because one of the most famous murders, John well, May, uh, happened, like, Christmas Eve Christmas, yeah. and I think a lot of people do it because it's usually when the B team is out because that's what oh, happened on that case. Yeah, because it's all the it, you kind of get the Lucys, uh-huh. <laughs> right. all the people who are just lost odds okay. and they have to work so people can commit crimes because then someone's gonna be like, "Do I want to? I'm not gonna deal with that." Or like it's like the new kid on the block who's like, "Ah, uh, what so do I do?" Now I'm afraid of Christmas because that mm-hmm. makes sense because I'm also I also have a sense of security about when it snows or rains because I feel like murderers and stuff don't want to come out in bad weather so they're like we'll just stay in tonight. I think you need to re-switch all your safeties and fears because <laughs> uh-huh. that's when yeah. like cameras like, are down. I love to be driving when it's raining or sleeting. I feel the most safe when I can't see when it's foggy outside. <laughs> no, but also I mean this is dark, but like the most domestic violence cases are on family holidays. Oh my god. People are drinking, tensions are Okay, so now I'm afraid. I have no safe space now. I'm afraid April 21st is a good date when this came out. You can celebrate this. It's a pretty safe time. Good weather, too. Is good weather a safe space or do people kill in the sun? I feel like people are happy. Happy. It's the same as Legally Blonde endorphins exercise. You know, when it's nice outside, people are happy. They get endorphins. They're not trying to kill people. And it's right before summer when everyone is like so sweaty, heat crazy. And end of the year when people are like financially strained, broken down. Putting cough drops in their martinis. Like anything goes. No, but Danny, April 21st is... Like a week after tax day. A day after tax day. Oh my God, I can't. So people are just celebrating before the long con happens when if they fucked up, they fuck up. So mid-May is when you panic. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we got that out of my system. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it's right after 422, so no one's going to do anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. So when Peter goes into a coma in the hospital, Lucy does the only natural thing, (laughs) states out loud that this is the man that she was going to marry. And soon, his entire family are informed that this is Peter's secret fiancé. And although she could easily tell them this was a misunderstanding, she doesn't. Thoughts? Well, the lady's hard. <laughs> Poor grandma. This whole family, though, is manipulative. So manipulative. Yeah. This was the crux of my issue with this movie. Is It's one of those movies that the whole time you're watching, you're just <clears throat> anxious because all of this could have been solved by just like not 
lying and it's not mm. a convenient lie like it would have made total sense that the family came in they introduced her as the fiance and she's like i am so sorry i saved his life i wanted to make sure that he wasn't alone like i said i was his fiance so that they let me in here but now that you guys are here i'm good and the family obviously would have still like welcomed her with open arms she literally saved the life of their family member but instead she goes so deep so fucking deep into this lie that she can't get out of it. And I am somebody like, I lied as a child, but like right now as an adult, lying makes me want to vomit. And so having a whole movie's premise Mm. be based on like a big lie. This is bad. I felt like I was going to have a heart attack like grandma. (laughs) Well, that's why it wasn't a lie. It was a scam. That's when she was like, she wasn't like, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody. I think she was selfishly like, oh, I want to be in this family. And oh, I can lock down this man. (laughs) Uh And it's perfect. Because I don't know that she had an end game here. She was just letting the game con her. She's like, oh my God, so many people are talking to (laughs) me. What can I do to have more of this? Yeah, the endorphins of like. Just basic communication and human connection. (laughs) She's like, maybe I'll get a hug. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows what will happen? And she got so many hugs. The original script was a woman in a coma and a man pretending to be her fiancé, but no studio Mm. would purchase it because they thought it was too predatory. So then Hollywood Pictures picked it up and made them flip genders and made them make it a Christmas movie. So my (laughs) follow-up question is, is it less predatory with a woman doing it to a man, or is it still pretty fucking nuts? I feel it's less predatory vibes but more scammy vibes because i feel like that's kind of the stereotypical thing in like the movies where that could happen but it was i was getting vibes i'm like oh this man is like ill like literally in the hospital and this woman is going around like she could have i'm shocked she didn't clear out some cash (laughs) i feel like it is inherently less predatory just because men suck but also i think that if they had leaned into the scam aspect and gone the jennifer love hewitt aka bag of beans (laughs) heartbreakers approach like had lucy been that metro stop worker had id'd this rich guy had saved his life and then saw this rich family and was like ding 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 i can get out i can have a life and then fallen in love with the family and with his brother, I think that I would have been like 100% Team Lucy. But it was just like the sad sack vibes that she gave off, the like limp dick energy that she exuded that I was just like, no, thank you. Absolutely not. It truly was You Don't Know My Name, like the Alicia Keys song. And I'm like, no, but they just met at a park. Like you were just now planning your life around this guy whose last name you do not know. Yes. Yeah. And she didn't even get off on the scam portion. Like no. she, he had that beautiful apartment and she was not spending her time in it when he was comatose. Yeah. Because it would have been so cool. Like she's putting on like Ashley or whoever's like dress that yes. might be there. Yes. Or like his big long like button down and like walks around, does a little like dance montage, calls down to the front desk, like yada, yada, yada. Like has like a power trip rush Uh because I feel like it's the life that she wanted because she said like I had to drop out of school get this job because my dad was sick like you could have reclaimed some stuff Mm -hmm. yeah oh my gosh one time my friend who I've talked about before one of my best guy friends we had a falling out for like a year Mm. and a half we did not speak because he had this girlfriend who we could never convince that me and my guy friend had never had sex meanwhile I had like dated his cousin. We have never had a relationship like that. Like he is like a brother to me. This girl that he dated before she told him he couldn't speak to me anymore. She went out of town and we cat sat for her, me and my husband, but she had a washer and dryer. And to us, 
life of luxury. We went over there. We did all our fucking laundry. Like I was on a power trip for this washer and dryer. So I can only imagine if I like open up this door and it's Sandy Cohen's mm-hmm. swanky apartment. My God, the things I would have done in that apartment. Yeah. The three pints of Baskin Robbins alone. alone. Right. Oh, that was weird. Yeah, he had disordered eating and we never got into that. But that was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> His freezer was just that and nothing else. Yeah. Not even a bottle of vodka. Nothing. No. So naturally the family wants to know details, how they met what they love about each other, what happened to his previous girlfriend. And she has answers for them because she just has no problem rolling along with this lie. I have in the past let lies get away from me. I was supposed to dog sit for someone maybe 10 years ago, we'll say. And they were away on vacation. And the rule was very specifically like, stay in our home and dog sit. And I was like, oh, of course. The first day I went to dog sit, though, a cockroach ran across the room that I was supposed to be staying in. So I did not stay at the house and dog sit. I just went in the morning, fed the dog, walked the dog, went back at night, fed the dog, walked the dog. And then the family came back after a week. They asked how the house was. I said, lovely. I messed up the bed sheets a little bit so it looked like I had been sleeping there. Oh, you are Lucy. Okay. (laughs) I like put a towel on the bathroom floor. Truly was living this life. And then the neighbors talk to them. And the neighbors ask them, why was your dog howling every single night? And they said, oh, I don't know. It doesn't like to be alone, but it wasn't alone. And they said, well, maybe check with the dog sitter because it was howling every night. And that's when I got caught. Oh, but you didn't double down. No, no, no. After that, I had to tell the truth because, I mean, I was clearly caught. That's good. But also it's kind of on the dog owners because like go to dog training. Like your dog shouldn't just howl when alone. <laughs> well, that's like true. what? That can't be its thing. You're right. That should have been my comeback. <laughs> if you wanted to continue being friends with them, probably not. You're like, well, how do you raise your fucking dog? And then they're like, wait, you just threw our towels on the ground too? <laughs> oh, yeah. Did they confront you about like the sheets and the towels? No, because at that point they knew that I had already lied about staying there. So like they knew that I was an actor. Please. Daniel Day-Lewis, who? <laughs> Well, that's where you're not Lucy, because had you been Lucy, you would have been like, I was there. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to say anything. The dog has one testicle. (laughs) The dog has one testicle, and it was just missing you so much. It was howling and howling and howling. You're painting Lucy in a bad light, both of you, because Jack, and we'll get there in a second, tries to get it out of her, but he never flat out says... Are you lying about being my brother's mm. fiance? And that's what they did with the dog. Like, are you lying about staying at my house? And I had to say oh. yes. But if they would have asked Lucy, I'm sure she would have told the truth. I don't think so. <laughs> Has a lie got away from either of you, or should we just keep moving on? <laughs> um, Santa. Santa's getting away from oh. me with the girls. Because we call Santa every day. Oh, Oh, no, don't say, oh, Danny. My husband's contact in my phone is Santa. Santa has the rundown, and we do the daily Uh check-in. Pulling uh hair, biting, yelling at mommy. Fucking up my tree. Those fucking ornaments on the tree. Mommy wants those on your tree, motherfuckers. So Santa's getting away from me, because that's a lie. I understand the parents who are like, we are just not going to tell our kids about Santa, because at what point are you like, oh yeah, this elaborate lie, this multi-step lie that we've been telling you for years, not (laughs) true. I just remember like waking up in the middle of the night one Christmas, and like my mom was like dropping boxes, going like, fuck, because there were so many boxes. (laughs) 
and I looked and I was like, oh, I still get the present. She's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> the reveal is like less heartbreaking as long as like mm. gifts are around. Yeah. Cause that's the main. Okay. Yeah. So that's my big lie. That's my Lucy lie. When they <laughs> are smart enough. I mean, God bless them now, but when they're smart enough to recognize their father's voice, where do we go from? I here? was gonna ask if he does a voice. Yeah. He does like the hope. Oh, ho, ho, okay. you know. Oh. Also, you're brave for telling the story in the house because your daughters terrify me, and I would be afraid they're just sitting on the steps listening. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a great way for them to find out, and then they'll go to <laughs> kindergarten and be like, "So, mom was chugging martinis, and she said Santa's my dad." <laughs> So the night after Christmas, instead of dunking Oreos and cat milk, Lucy decides to have dinner with the Callahans, which turns into receiving gifts from the family, looking through Peter's old yearbooks, and posing in family photos. And since Peter's godfather, Saul, heard her confessing the truth during a monologue in the hospital, the night also consists of him confronting her with a veiled threat, where he tells her, I'd never let anyone hurt this family. And she replies, neither would I. I'm like, yeah, you would, bitch. Like, what? You don't know them. We knew she was pathetic up until this point. This is where I think this may be the most unwell and unhinged woman we've ever had in a movie. Chilling. It's dark. Because not only that, but she gets all of Peter's belongings from his work. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't give it to the family. She brings it home and looks through it piece by piece like collecting clues. Mm-hmm. If she didn't look like Sandy B, this really would be oh. bad. Yeah, looking yeah. like Sandy B can get you far in life. And it has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what's crazy, Sandy B kept dragging her feet, like, or pretending to drag her feet about everything. Like, no, maybe I shouldn't. No, maybe I shouldn't come up in gifts, whatever. But as soon as they took that group photo, she knew to put herself right, right in, in the center. center. And that's what I do all of the time. Because you never know, like, who's going to get out of friend groups, who's going to break up with who. So mm. I know that me and, like, the point of the photo, me and the Christmas tree, me and the celebrity we're meeting, will always be there together. And I can crap everybody else out and put it on my Instagram square. (laughs) So every psychological thriller needs a character that has a strong bullshit meter and is here to crack the case. (laughs) Ali Machalka in The Roommate, Leslie Bibb in No Good Deed, the ugly redhead friend and swim fan. In this movie, (laughs) that character comes in the form of Peter's brother, Jack, who shows up and immediately knows something is off. So after trying to catch her in a lie repeatedly, he finally decides to quiz her on Jack in front of the whole family. It comes to a head, however... Ah! Literally... (laughs) Uh (laughs) See what you did there. It comes to a head when Lucy tells the family something only a fiancé could know. Peter has one testicle. And to make sure Lucy is telling the truth, Peter's mother reaches under the blanket and checks with her hand. This is so (laughs) fucked up. Deeply. Yeah, why not just a peek? I thought Saul was gonna look or something. The doctor, the doctor. Oh, yeah, they're like, at a anybody hospital. can yeah. like. Oh, you, it's probably on a chart somewhere. He's in a coma. The man has a catheter. Can we not be like, hey, Doctor Smith? Question about my son's health. How are his testicles looking? <laughs> and it's like plural. And also, I'm like, a pencil ruptured one of his testicles. It sounds so painful. I can't listen to that sentence without squeezing my legs together. I do think, I mean, talk about another person who was doing a con. (laughs) She should just end up with him. The lawyer who was trying to stab him to death by a pencil. Yeah, but the mother cupping the son's ball. All the family members being there. I don't know what's a better solution, but I don't think mom. No, that's like the worst solution. If we're going to go through the list of people, I don't think I'd be like, oh, well, duh. The mother is going to be the one copping a feel. 
I still don't know why anyone had to feel. That's my issue. Yeah. Because I do think my mom would be the one like, I'll look. But we know my mom kissed me on the lips. So, like, clearly there's some issues okay. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. Boundaries. Uh-huh. <laughs> but also, you are in a medical facility. So couldn't you, like, even if you wanted, like, a real-time check, yeah. a nurse comes in or a doctor yeah. and you're like, listen, we're going to lift up the blanket. Can you confirm? <laughs> and they probably already would have known because yeah. they put him in the, the thing. So they'd be like, yeah, I saw uh-huh. that. Yeah. But then what she say? Like, he has more room in his bike shorts? Yes! Sick. This family is gross. <laughs> so now that Jack is forced to believe her, he helps Lucy move furniture into Peter's apartment, which results in a midnight walk across Chicago and conversation about their past, their favorite things, Lucy's dream of getting a stamp on her passport. And soon, Lucy finds herself in love with her fake comatose fiancé's brother. Also, like, what dumb bitch has her passport all the time? <laughs> Right. Maybe she lost her ID. That is Party Girl 101, like broken iPhone, only passport. (laughs) And you're just like, but it's like, those are the people you don't try. I'm like, oh, you will steal my wallet. Uh Usually to buy shots, but in Lucy's case, to buy a ticket to Florence. This is the point in the movie, though, where I was like, okay, I know Lucy sucks, but Peter might be the worst. (laughs) Here are the clues I collected. Number one, he says, ciao on his answering machine. (laughs) Red flag. Mm -hmm. Number two, he has pictures of himself. Mm In his own wallet. Red flag. Number three, he has framed pictures of himself, only himself, in his home. Yeah, there were glamour And like, I mean, I ended up rooting for Jack because that's what the writers wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. But like Peter, objectively horrible. Once he's out of the coma, we do learn he's a little bit of the devil. Yeah, well, that's almost where it went to It's a Wonderful Life moment where he's like, oh, I need to like revisit all the the ways I've been doing life wrong type Mm -hmm. of thing. Right, because Saul was like, you're a little fucker. And that's when I thought that it was Saul being like, you need to change your ways because you're trying to murder squirrels and you're (laughs) obsessed with how your face looks. I do respect how afraid of confrontation Saul is, where instead of just like telling the lie, he's like, you just have to marry this girl. Like, you'll (laughs) love her in two minutes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles 
Bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. Calling all Virginia cuties, Mother Magnolia is a houseplant specialty boutique offering supplies and goods for novice, self-proclaimed plant murderers to expert-level plant parents. Educational and DIY workshops are offered for cuties in the area, and virtual pay-what-you-can plant consults are offered if you can't make it to Virginia. And with the holidays approaching, be sure to check out MotherMagnoliaPlants.com for their online shop. They've got everything you never knew you needed, from soil scoops and trellises to planty stickers, pins, cards, and apparel. That's MotherMagnoliaPlants.com. And to follow the journey, follow Mother Magnolia on TikTok, Mother Magnolia Plant Co. on Instagram and Facebook. We do need to discuss the mistletoe scene because Lucy is at the Callahan family dinner. And when she and Jack are about to leave, the whole family is like, you're under the mistletoe, you guys. You have to kiss. This is not (laughs) normal behavior. Mistletoe is so pervy. It is the (laughs) least consensual of all indoor plants. I wear it on my belt. (laughs) Well, that's fine. You and your husband live together. Like, you can kiss under the mistletoe. Whatever you and your mom do, it is okay. That's your business, you know? Who am I to judge? But to have a mistletoe, like, in a doorway where you know people are going to be walking under and also mainly family <laughs> right like that is pervy behavior can we normalize not having mistletoe in a major walkway that is yeah. not okay yeah. like forcing people to do it because i'm like why would any of you support this even if it's like a couple under mistletoe being like now kiss <laughs> now kiss it's like stop it and also it's like what do you want to watch them do because like hopefully people just do a little pack yeah. but like do you want right more, like Baby, go on private, go like incognito (laughs) mode on Chrome, hit the bathroom and come back when you got to come back. (laughs) Gross. This family is sick. Mistletoe. Disgusting. That being said, if a mistletoe company wants to sponsor us, we're open to anything. We will sell our morals and Yeah, I'll tongue kiss Chelsea on a You guys have a cute podcast name for a mistletoe too. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Through a misunderstanding, the family thinks Lucy is pregnant and through a New Year's Eve miracle, Peter wakes up and in a shock to none of us, Peter doesn't remember Lucy. Luckily, the doctors and family chalk it up to acute amnesia and when Saul promises he'll make it all right, he doesn't follow script and instead tells Peter to talk to Lucy just once and see if it feels right and if it does, he should propose and marry her immediately. Wait, I will say <laughs> that when she he's like, okay, fine, I'll do it all. I'll follow yeah. you and then when she walks and he does the little immediate cut, goes, <gasps> I'm like, okay, you're golden, Saul. <laughs> I was like, that got me. Yeah, do what you have to do. 
leave this bitch <laughs> on her own. <laughs> and so Peter and Lucy talk about Lucy's bravery and how, although Peter doesn't consider himself a hero, Lucy does. He gives up a seat on the train every day, which is pretty heroic to the people he does it for. That's when I was like, oh, she needs the day. <laughs> I'm like, girl, what is happening here? I'm like, he is like nice to a pregnant woman on public transit. How is she seeing That's that? what I wanted to know. He's mm. going through those gates. He's boarding that train and she is watching. <laughs> That is actually, I would want to be on that commute because I would know I could sneak through while she's like eye-fucking him in his camel coat. She never looks at anybody when they come through. Because when the little sister first comes, she doesn't make eye contact with her first. And then when, spoiler alert, Jack comes in at the end, she doesn't make eye contact with her first. If you're not Peter, she is not looking. Peter and his penis, that's all she cares about. (laughs) Peter's penis. And one ball. (laughs) Yeah. One ball only. <laughs> That's like her just saying that. It was a musical. <laughs> I am no hero because A, I'm not brave. I'm afraid of everything. And B, I do not give up my seat on the train unless they are very old and okay. ailing. You cannot be either or. You need to be old and ailing Ooh, or, okay. or you need to be very pregnant. But last <laughs> week on the train... It was two seats open, me and these two ladies, and one of the ladies was pregnant. So I ran to the seat and sat down, and then the non-pregnant one sat down and scoffed at me and said, she's pregnant. I said, you're not. <laughs> so, then, so then she got up and let her friend sit down. But I had been working all day, honey. <laughs> no. I'm no hero. You don't mind confrontation, <laughs> and I respect that. I would have just moved cars. <laughs> I would have Ubered home. Now, here's the thing. If the friend would have kept quiet, like once I noticed that the friend was not moving, I would have said, come on, pregnant lady, take my seat. But once Mm -hmm. the friend made it a me issue, that's when I said, no, baby girl. Can I say, that's also fair. What I would have done is I would have had my pregnant friend sit. And if I was her, I would have just looked at you the entire way to see if that Uh would get you to move. But I don't think you would move from (laughs) that. Mm-mm. No, or I would position myself like pregnant friend, person who didn't get up, and then me, and I would talk over him so oh. that then he would get annoyed. Anyway. Or you just scooch. You just squeeze. <laughs> You're like, room for one more. You just try to play it off all cute. <laughs> so that's me fighting with Now, meanwhile, I'm the least confrontational person on the planet. So when I visited my brother when uh. I was, I wasn't like very, very, very pregnant, but I was like six or seven months <laughs> when we took the subway I would just like hold on like very tightly to the pole. And finally this old woman was like, come sit next to Mm. me, honey. But it was like, I didn't want to take up anybody's space. So I was just like pole dancing there with my like giant belly. As everyone I'm sure is just like looking down, like hoping you don't make eye contact with them. Cause that's what you do. You're just like, just check in my email with no service. I'm like, oh, there's a pregnant woman here. I didn't even see her. Didn't even notice. What? Like giving birth. Like, <laughs> okay, I will say I would ignore if someone was giving birth on the subway. I'd be like, I can't help that. I can't do I that. I mean, that's fair though. No. I wouldn't even want to help myself. No, I wouldn't in the elevator either. All those episodes of sitcoms when people give birth in the elevator, I would be checking that watch. Or like <laughs> Seth Meyers doing it in the lobby. I'm like, don't rich people have doctors? I was so confused at that. Like he gave, like he helped, like what? Yeah. So, it turns out this pair of sociopaths are right for each other as Peter confesses the sins of his past, including knocking squirrels out of their nests 
with a rock so that he could be the one to save them. Like, that is the making of a serial killer. Like, a literal, like, it checking is. the boxes. The first episode of Dahmer, I think that literally happened. Yeah. So, after telling the married woman he actually proposed to that he's moved on, he proposes to Lucy, and she practically begs Jack to tell her not to go through with it, but when he doesn't, the wedding is on, and Lucy is one day closer to going on her honeymoon and finally getting a stamp on her passport. That was so annoying when she was, like, to her boss, like, he didn't pick me. It's like, you were wearing a wedding dress thing. Is there any reason why I shouldn't marry him? It's like, girl, use your words. Enunciate. <laughs> I'm Team Ashley. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm Team Ashley. I love that there's this trope in the 90s where 90s movies always portray like the blonde woman who is objectively right in a situation as the villain. Now, we do later learn that she is married, but uh-huh. how dare a beautiful blonde woman have the confidence to advocate for herself when her brain-damaged fiancé, <laughs> who is literally just woken up from a coma, being conned by a literal <laughs> stalker, like how dare she speak up and be like, this is kind of weird i love that the 90s were like a woman with a blazer and a sense of self boo hiss she got a boob job and a nose job well, Trash. that was my favorite where i was like oh no ashley's playing the smart game because i'm pretty sure her husband was in on the scam because how else would she <laughs> oh. be like oh i got my nose and boobs done oh <laughs> he's gonna be like why is there gauze all over your nose and he's like i'm fucking a man for us honey <laughs> we got this okay. So I thought she was smart. Uh, you yeah, might be the husband something. was like, okay, you've taken it too far. Don't marry this guy because we're married. But like, I was hoping for the BBL. Let's complete the trio. <laughs> yeah, Here we go. Let's get this going. his extra testicle. <laughs> <laughs> so at the wedding, Jack and Lucy object. And she confesses to the whole misunderstanding and admits the reason she kept the charade going so long was because she finally had a family she always dreamed of. I know that this Grinch over whichever side Chelsea's on did not, but I cried. I know the situation is fucked. I know Lucy is nuts. Mm. Jack is a terrible brother. Peter is our very own American psycho, but I did cry here. No, I cried too. <gasps> Thank Ooh. God. I cried tears of joy that this movie was almost over. <laughs> no, 14 minutes and 50 seconds to be Go exact. cry at a Windex commercial. <laughs> oh, please. You cried. No, I was disturbed at this part of the movie. She literally went through with the wedding to someone she does not know. She does not need to marry anyone to get a stamp in her passport. It's like, about she having has family. She Spirit Airlines. She can get like, herself a family. <laughs> or also respect the family and the friends in her life to have a family. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And also, you talk a lot of shit about a lot of movies, a lot of looks come to mind. Are we going to talk about this wedding oh, outfit, Donnie? No, because it's Sandy B. That was a piece of garbage. <laughs> it was. And she got married in a fucking hospital. I was like, they have to do it here? Like, it's happening immediately? And he's like, still with the holder? Yeah. I'm like, I think, does no one else see that like he's being taken advantage of? <laughs> like, he can't even pee by himself, and we're getting him married? Like, what is yeah, going on Yeah, she's going to half-ass that. Even his apartment would have been a better place to get married than that hospital. Place. No, I did not cry here, but I cried later on in the movie. Me too, and that's the scene we are at now. So after a week of knowing and being lied to by Lucy, Jack visits her at work, but instead of slipping a token into her booth, he slides an engagement ring, and Ugh. she says, yes, I cried again. The two get married and go to Italy for their honeymoon, giving Lucy the world and proving that life doesn't turn out how you expect it. Sobbing. I was sobbing. I know, because well, I I had to cry for the props, like the the prop team in here, and like the ting ting, it made the perfect sound. It really just encapsulated. I was like, okay, they're going above and beyond for the story. Because also, again, to the point, she did not have to get engaged right there. 
No. It could have just right. been like, the family loves you. Like, do you want to get coffee? Yeah. I thought, I think that's what happened if it was made modern day, yeah. being like, let's get a coffee instead of like, oh, it needs to end in a wedding or else like, this is not a romantic comedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, can you imagine telling this story to your future children? Like, mommy was a strange loner weirdo with no <laughs> friends or family who was just uncomfortably obsessed with Uncle Peter. And then Uncle Peter was almost hit by a train because mommy watched his every move. So I saved him. And then while Uncle Peter was a vegetable, daddy gave mommy literally the bare minimum amount of attention. So I turned my energy towards him. He Here's leaned. the thing, though. With this family, you don't need to tell that family story. That's You true. just push the kid under the mistletoe and then say, tongue kiss your grandpa. Like, you don't, <laughs> you don't, there's no reason you need to tell that story. Where it's like, I don't drink anymore. I don't drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, this family is broken. True. They true. are broken like, and sad. And that, kids, is how I met your father. And also, it was her last day. I was like, hey, what was her plan B? I did want to know why she was quitting. She had nothing else lined up. Right? I yeah. think so that she could have, like, really whined to people. Mm. Like, I have no family and no job. She's yeah. about to be trolling that hospital waiting room. <laughs> I've learned my lesson from the first time. I've honed my craft. Mm-hmm. I'm ready now. She's just going to all these different hospitals like, I was going to marry him. <laughs> Like that TikTok song. Who's next? That's just Lucy in the hospital. So final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would we want the plot to a sequel to be? I think it has to be a sequel and I think it has to be like their kid getting inspired by their story, but doing it as a scam <gasps> level. Oh, I And it's that. that. And riding off the heat, let's get Aubrey Praza in there. Oh, great. Because she can do scam. Uh I think she's like, yeah, yeah, she's wanting to raise that up. I love that. I love that. I also did a little scam inspired by this. So I did a sequel and I said... I said, even though their relationship began with a lie and an emotional affair, Lucy and Jack are somehow still happily married. He's a very successful furniture maker, and she's a famous travel writer of the eat, pray, love variety. And the narration we hear in this movie is an excerpt from her first book. But when Jack is away on a business trip and gets into an accident, a gold digger uses Lucy's tricks against her to try to make an amnesia-ridden Jack fall in love with her. So then Lucy has to go and remind Jack of all the reasons they fell in love in the first place. Okay, that's brilliant. Okay, so (laughs) mine is, I would like it, we were all on the same brainwave here. I would like it to be a Netflix documentary like Killer Sally. Let's interview Lucy while she's behind bars to learn (laughs) why she is the way she is and how she got to be where she is today. I love that. Yeah, that's I'm into that. Great. We all have her losing in the sequel. (laughs) So final, final thoughts. What about this movie aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? I think it all aged well and anyone that says otherwise should be beaten in the streets. No, well, I don't. I think the the main plot of it now, I know they had to flip it to Girl Boy. I think even now there's no uh, gender breakdown that would make people think it would fly. (laughs) They would have to have him wake up and have like, it's falling for Christmas level, Lindsay Lohan, Mm. like, ah, type of stuff and Uh not... Not the scam now. But I will say Chicago aged well. Mm-hmm. I still love things that are based in Chicago because it's like New York, but it's a different city. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I do think that premise wise, in terms of like how it holds up for the plot, social media would fuck all of this up. Like one glance at Peter's Instagram would tell the world that he hasn't even like soft launched 
this fiance who is this bitch Ashley would be all over there with like her tagged photos <laughs> it would be like a whole mess for the family you know but mm-hmm. it holds up for as much shit as I talked it objectively holds up no slurs no homophobia the baseline you know that's true and you know who also holds up the main cast yeah like Sandra and Sandy from OC they could Get this going right now. Like, I could see them doing this on Netflix. Like, the two of them, they still have their star power. Brilliant. <laughs> so that's the end of the movie. Danny, first of all, thank you so much for oh coming. God, thank you guys so much. Of course. This was so much fun. It was so fun. Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Please let everyone know where they can listen to you, follow you, all of the above. Stalk you on the train if they'd like. Oh, please do. Oh, my God. Yes. If you're like, yeah, I take the path train into the city, uh, <laughs> hang out with me in Hoboken. No, but you can uh, listen to me every Monday at Not Another True Crime Podcast on Betches Media and Thursdays on Page Six's Virtual Reality Podcast. And also, I'm on all the socials as Cashmere Danny Cashmere with a K. Hey, thank you thank again. You so thank you, guys. This was so much fun. And I love I love the sunglasses, the Mickey, the vibe, <laughs> and getting like the insider tea of those Patreon exclusives. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, so next week, we will be covering the New Year's classic, Poseidon. So... <laughs> Join us for that. And we will talk to you later. Love Love you like like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.